0: Coming up on today's edition of Locked on Eagles, Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie talked to the media for the first time in over a year. He had some awesome, exciting things to say and also some interesting things as well about the football philosophy side of the conversation that's coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. You are Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part
1: of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by my co-host, Gino Camilleri. Episode 2, this week of 5. Download it into your phone wherever you get the podcast. We're available on all platforms, in video form as well on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit us up on Twitter, at LockdownBirds, at DiBiase, LoE and at gc 24 underscore football. Today we have our takeaways from owner Jeffrey Lurie's first press conference in over a year since Doug Peterson was let go, since Carson Wentz was traded. Lurie talked today at the annual NFL owners meetings to the media, had a lot to say. Talked about Howie Roseman touched on the Carson Wentz situation from last year. Jalen Hurts, you know, philosophy of process versus result and how to do things during the offseason. Had a lot to say. But guys, Jeffrey Lurie started the press conference with a bang. It has been something we've been waiting for, especially on this show, for five years now and counting. The Eagles started this campaign back in 2017, where they tried to get the NFL to pass a two-helmet rule so they could bring back Kelly green jerseys. It took five years, as most things happen with the NFL, a slow dragging process Just like today, uh, the overtime rule in playoffs now, you get guaranteed one possession for each team. The NFL, sometimes they take a long time to do things. One thing they did this year is pass that two-helmet rule. So Jeffrey Lurie announced in 2023 that, you know, the Kelly green jerseys are coming back as an alternate. I'm rocking the Randall Cunningham jersey today. I think it's timely. And the coolest part, I think, is that they're keeping it simple. If it's not broken, don't fix it. They're going to go, according to Lurie, Back to the identical look of the 80s and 90s with the old school Eagle logo on the side. I cannot wait. I am so excited in a year to get this as a reality. To see Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Kelly Green, it's going to be fire. And the jersey sales, I mean, the NFL should have did this a long time ago.
1: Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles front office is going to have a heyday looking at how much they make in apparel once this launches, and rightfully so. Number I know Pe-
0: Devontae Smith, Kelly Green jerseys yeah. are going to. Flop. It's going to go
1: through the roof. I know some people are like, "Oh, Kelly Green is overrated." I oh, look at no. the. I look at it like this, Lou. Navy blue is really cool on jerseys, right? Like we mm-hmm. were in Buffalo, we know what the Sabers look like, but royal blue is so much better. Like right. you get that shine, that glisten. Midnight Green is cool. Like we won the Super yeah. Bowl, but Kelly Green just flashes different, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it just makes the
0: guys look better. Most 90s look jerseys faster. in the NFL did. Yeah, you know, most so clean. All sports in the 90s had better jerseys. I mean, look at this is the Creed. exact look that they're going to go back to. The old, he even said by name, Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, the 80s and 90s look. And I agree, man. Like, I feel like Midnight Green has gotten better over the years, too, with Nike now making jerseys. I like the more teal look. And you want a title with those. Those should always be, to me, the main look. But Kelly Green is just uh, such a a fire getup. And the fact that they're, again, going to not try to, you know, make it a new version is awesome. Because, again, those were perfect. And you don't need to change them. They're going to look kind of like what you did in 2010, but again, it's going to be more of that 90s look where it's a little darker and you're going to have the logo. And uh, again, this has been five years in the making. And Gino, not just that, but for this year, because the jersey deadline passed before the helmet rule passed, so the Eagles could not get Kelly Green in time for 2022. But since they already listed the black jersey as the alternate for 2022, they're going to bring in a black helmet this year. Which is, I mean, the, he even mentioned the players love wearing black. They forced him to wear white jerseys and black pants for the first time in franchise history. A black helmet now. I don't even know what that's going to look like, but I'm excited. I love it. Jersey freedom for me. Do whatever you want. I
1: tweeted it today. We are now the Oregon Eagles. We are becoming. That's what I want to be,
0: Gino. I want to be. I want to be your college team. I want to wear everything.
1: I just love it because, yeah, NFL jerseys are cool, but to like attract more eyes to it realistically yeah. even though there are more than ever i mean look at the nba they do a fantastic look job look at soccer with this. too i mean oh 100% i mean napoli in serie a over in italy diego maradona passed away they released four jerseys this season alone with his face on it on top of the four jerseys that they already had. And yeah. they're going to release another batch next year. And that's really one of the cool things that I like about soccer is they release a new look on the same Jersey each season. The NFL easily could do that. Just make little tweaks to it. I mean, Tampa yeah. Bay, I feel like they've done it every year. Almost. They're going to go back to the cream scope but the Eagles it's been quite some time and, this goes back to the days before you and I were old enough to actually understand football. And I think a lot of the nostalgia factor is going to come back. And I believe it's going to link up like the nostalgic eighties, nineties Eagles fans with this younger generation and hopefully bring it back together. Because I remember Lou, the only time I ever was subscribed to the shop Philadelphia Eagles magazine that they sent out every year was after my mom bought me for Christmas, the Philadelphia Eagles shoes And that season was 2010 when they brought back the Kelly Greens, and I remember them in that magazine, and I said, man, I want one of these – so freaking bad and that image of deshaun jackson lou i'm sure oh. you have it hanging somewhere i have the house. deshaun
0: jackson jersey with the patch and everything I, yeah <laughs> you <laughs> it's, love uh, it it's... man this, oh. this is
1: your time like take a lap lou your yeah. analytics on jerseys are gonna go
0: through the <laughs> roof the next that's the thing seasons. man this team's record with black jerseys especially mm-hmm. is incredible over the last decade now you add a black helmet That is only going to help. I'm a big believer in jersey analytics, and both of these moves today are only going to help. And again, Gino, like, I'm all in on doing everything. Like, I think, you know, Lurie mentioned it today. He wants to convince the NFL to let him wear a third helmet. So, I mean, hypothetically, you bring in the black helmet. I think, I mean, what if you brought back these white helmets, too? I mean, with Harold Carmichael, that look would be fire, too. I just, I want to be like college football where you can wear anything you want. Like, to me, the safety part of it, You know, before the season, if you can fit a guy for one helmet and make sure the safety precautions on that helmet are good, you're a multi-billion dollar corporation. Why can't you do that for a bunch of helmets? It's such a horrible excuse. And again, I I can't believe it took this long to begin with. I mean, Lurie's been vying for this for five years.
1: Man, look at this like debauchery of jerseys they have back here. And it doesn't get good. I don't want the yellow ones. The other side of it. But yeah, that, that the I other think, side yeah. there's four of them and it's that 1980s, 1990s yeah. look going into the midnight green. I feel like a lot of teams did that in the 2000s like they just got like darker for some reason. Navy and like
0: black were in every sport like hockey. everyone. the Mighty the Mighty Ducks went to orange mm-hmm. and dark black. The Buffalo Sabres went to black and red from their, you know, royal blue. Mm-hmm. The Eagles did Yeah, for some reason in the early 2000s like the Chargers went away from it. Navy was so in. And I just I'm glad that sports are moving back to kind of that '90s look in all leagues because the '90s for jerseys in every league, the NBA, with the purple Raptors Vince Carter jerseys, like the NFL with the with the creamsicle Buccaneers are coming back. I think too the the Boston Patriots coming back right, and the, the hopefully the um, royal blue and bright orange Denver Broncos jerseys will return. The '90s just crushed it with sports when it comes to uniforms.
1: You know I don't speak highly of the Buffalo Bills, right? But the best thing they do on Sundays is when they take off those Navy ones and they wear the Royal Blue jerseys because they just look that much better. And I go by the philosophy, and I would always do this every test I took. I know it's not the NFL, but when you show up somewhere and you look good, you're going to feel good and you're going to perform I'm a
0: huge proponent of the look good, play good mentality. That's why I believe arm sleeves are very important for quarterbacks and the length of sleeves is too that's why sam mm-hmm. bradford i was out from the start absolutely i mean the one
1: game i remember vividly was that thursday night in 2017 when they were playing the panthers and Wentz comes out in that white arm sleeve with the, the white out white. jerseys trust me man, it right was now. the lock of the decade at that point and yep. this is what i love about the show is that we can get into the x's and o's of like actually <laughs> looking at draft prospects yeah where are you gonna and find then the next- this? And then the next day, we're talking about the analytics of jerseys. But I think it's a really great idea. Honestly, I think it's going to look good when you see the four K cameras flash around to the crowd with the all Kelly green jerseys. I even feel like the white popped better back then. You know, like the clean. I know. I want to wear the old jerseys. white nineties. Yeah, too. Uh, I think those would be so nice. Pants ultimate. too. One, yeah, one more quick one, Lou. Going back on nostalgic jerseys, I can't find this anywhere. But the Dennis Rodman. Detroit Pistons, where the piston, or, or where it's the actual like Bronco, or, or yeah. with the with the smoke blowing out of its nose, which is like a teal and purple, mm-hmm. all time elite jersey. Go
0: back to '90s jerseys. For every single sport, well, Gino, like, vintage let's start is in, man. Like vintage is the most popular thing now. I know like the amount of yeah. people that were champion again, and it's, you know, thrift shopping and like, I'm a starter a big, better bring their athletic jackets back. Yeah, you'll make a killing. I, I mean, that I think is the most popular thing right now. We're talking fashion now in lockdown. Eagles. you don't really get that every day, <laughs> no. but it definitely is in. And I feel like this is going to help with that trend. Uh Gino, Jeffrey Lurie had a lot of other things to say as well, though, outside of the announcement of Kelly green jerseys coming back. He talked about the quarterback position. You know, he hasn't talked since Wentz was traded. He uh, mentioned a few things there I thought was interesting. Jalen Hurts as well. You know, the philosophy and like understanding of process versus result I thought was intriguing. So we'll dive into all of that coming up next, right here on Lockdown Eagles.
1: And I wish you could have bet on the odds that the Philadelphia Eagles would have fielded a black helmet sometime in my lifetime because it could have been astronomical. But if you do want to bet, on some draft props, if you want to bet on some NFL futures, you could do it at the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Eagles podcast, betonline.net, the official sports book, like I said, of the Locked On Podcast Network. College basketball, you have the Final Four coming up, and it's one of the biggest weekends for gambling in the entire world world. Make sure you're tapped in today. Make sure you go look at all the trends. Look at all the player props. Make sure you see the over-unders. Make sure you see the alternate lines. There's only one place to do it, and it's the best sportsbook. Trust me, I have been gambling since I go back to my college days, and I haven't had one sports book that I've stuck with as long, I think as you were the first person to have a.
0: I think you were the first person to have a gambling show on the Lockdown Podcast Network back in 2018. Chino's
1: oh, guarantees. You guarantees. Probably bring them back for BetOnline.net. Make sure you go there today. Get involved in all the action for whatever sport you like because BetOnline is where the game starts.
0: All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. We thank you so much for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. Make sure as well you're following the Locked on NFL podcast on experts covering the biggest stories across the league every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your shows. He's Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase. Today, we have our takeaways from owner Jeffrey Lurie's first press conference since he announced the firing of Doug Peterson. It was actually before the Eagles had traded away quarterback Carson Wentz. A lot has changed. You know, A rebuild, a playoff berth, a new quarterback, a lot of new pieces four draft picks on day one and day two this year. Lurie had a lot to say, started things off with a bang with the Kelly Green jerseys, but uh, Gino, he talked a lot about quarterback, and I think that is the biggest part of this discussion because with Lurie, we've all known how enamored he's been with the passing game. We wanted to know how he felt about Jalen Hurts. You know, Was he in on Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson? He commented about a lot of that, and uh, I want to start with Jalen Hurts because he did mention something that I thought was interesting. Uh, He talked about the continuous development of Hertz, a 23 year old, he called him playoff quarterback, and how he's excited to see him develop.
1: I hated that.
0: I have to just say that. I didn't like that either. And I hope this is just, you know, speak. Not that he doesn't believe in Hertz to a certain degree. We all know the organization does to a certain extent. But I hated the Mm -hmm. Josh Allen comparison, you know, comparing Hertz's growth to Allen from 2018 to 2020. Because while yeah, that could be a similar trajectory. Josh Allen talent wise, it's it's not even close. So to compare him to Josh Allen is just to me almost like insulting. And and how many quarterbacks do you know actually take the big step after year two, like Allen did in year three? Especially when you have 56 college starts like Hertz compared to Allen's twenty seven. I get believing in Hertz again to a degree, but to to use that comparison is just, I don't know, man. I I didn't I rolled my eyes pretty hard.
1: I didn't really see it as much as a comparison between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen as more of the idea of how to land a franchise quarterback. Like a preach
0: of patience more?
1: Yeah, because on that note, he was like, not every team has an Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, that's exactly where he was going
0: with that discussion. That made me nervous, though, man. Like, I hope that's not a settling tone.
1: No, and how he addressed that with Josh Allen and saying that you can develop into that – By not truly being a franchise guy coming out of the gate, that made me a lot more at ease than the whole playoff quarterback tag that he put on Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah. Because he understands that he does have to take that progression, correct? I think we all know that. I think he said that what we've said hundreds of times on this show he's going to get 2022, and we hope he takes that next step. Yeah. But if not, our approach to finding a franchise quarterback would be that such of a Josh Allen approach where, yeah, maybe we have to look outside the box, not take the consensus number Which one Which I guy. like
0: that part because me and you have talked back and yeah. forth. Okay, we know they would want to trade for somebody like Russell Wilson, but would they eventually be willing to take a quarterback in like the mid-first round mm-hmm. when they win 7-10 to 10 games and can't move up for C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young to be the guy? So actually, I didn't even think of that, man. That's That's a good point that's a little more reassuring.
1: Yeah, I I kind of look at everything Jeffrey Lurie says at, at face value. Like, I think he's a phenomenal speaker. I think he has like a, a future if he wants to get out of the game and just public speaking. And like, well, didn't he win an a, Oscar? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shout out to Jeffrey Lurie, just wins an Oscar with Questlove in uh, Summer of Soul. I mean, shout out to them. What a multi-dimensional human. Everything he does with the Autism Foundation there in Philadelphia is great too. And I thought today. And there's one Twitter account that it's called honest NFL. And he, he worked with the Eagles for quite some time and he makes it known. He said that in all of the time that he has heard Jeffrey Lurie talk, that was the most open and honest. He was about his current state, which hearing him today, Go into some of the details he did with, like, the Lane Johnson breakdown and the Jordan Myelata and missing out on Russell Wilson. Just seeing McCorm- the behind, too. Yeah, yeah it was just interesting. Just seeing behind the scenes, it was really cool. And I don't think many organizations' owners would even get into a discussion like that. And he really spells out the mistakes that he has come upon in the past like the whole Carson Wentz situation, not putting the right pieces around them when they should have. I know you looked at it in a different light, but I believe that he's saying, yeah, I've made those mistakes with quarterbacks. I've addressed and identified what the future is and like how the league is going about. He, he kept saying that how the league is just continuing, continually changing. And the fact that you tie it all together with the Josh Allen comparison, I don't think he's going to settle. If Jalen hurts is only average. I think he would be willing yeah. to take that step. But he is a true and honest guy and said he earned 2022, which Howie Roseman has said, which Nick Ceriani has said, and which the organization has put forward time and time again.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, let's see what 2022 has to bring. If good, you probably did a good job surrounding your quarterback an error that you've made in the past. Or if it goes awry, we'll see in 2023 what the same discussion is at the owner's meeting that yeah. year when you could have a problem at quarterback.
0: Yeah, because I know he talked about Hertz improving, and I just – yeah, you can go back and forth with like – because you could interpret that as like, oh, is he settling because, you know, not everybody has an Aaron Rodgers, or is it more we have to think outside the box to get that player, and Hurts could be that answer, even though we didn't take him to be that player. I hope that is more the perspective. I just, I do wonder, truly, what is enough improvement for Lurie and Roseman and Sirianni to run it back with Hurts again? Like, what does he have to do in 2022? And it's an interesting discussion, and I guess we're going to find out for sure. Um, But I agree with you, Gino. I don't think he's all in on Hurts, and, you know, Lips Service, you know, talk is talk, but I do truly believe that he wanted Russell Wilson this year. He mentioned Russell Wilson by name today, you know, talking about players he regretted never getting. He mentioned Wilson, saying he wishes the Eagles took him in the second round in 2012 and did not wait. So you know, when that player that he thinks so highly of, the name him by name in this press conference was available, they definitely called. So yeah, again, it's uh, you definitely take what these guys say. With some weight, but also, you know, actions speak louder than words. And I do believe they've explored quarterback options over the last two years. Um, Gino, before we take a break, something else he did mention about at quarterback was Wentz. He has not spoken since Wentz was traded. And I, I think he said that when it comes to Wentz, he wishes Wentz would have continued to build and grow from 2017, but not every quarterback does that. And that's really all he said. And I just I wish he would have for me, and I know some people might disagree. I wish he would have took more responsibility with the organization for the way that happened. And nobody had a follow up for what happened in 2020 to truly cause that. And I was a little disappointed that they didn't go more in depth about that, even considering the time span since that happened. Um, but because it wasn't like Wentz instantly plummeted after 2017, it was that 2020 year that it was such a fall d- decline. And I just want to know like what he thought happened. And, you know, I don't know, just with, with him and Roseman, I think he struggles to take full accountability with those two. And so that part I took issue with, but, you know, it's it's a, always going to be a fascinating what if to know what, what they think about that situation. He took more of the positive route today, you know, saying he was grateful for what Wentz did in 2017 to help him get a ring.
1: Yeah, and at the same time, I think he addressed the fact like that. Twenty eighteen, the coaching staff was kind of a blunder coming off of Frank Reich and John D. Filippo, who were arguably like the perfect trio of guys to have in that department. And then another thing he said later on, Lou, was like, when they do go in and interview coaches, he's not really that hands on because he trusts his guys. But if they do make a mistake, yeah, then he's gonna have to question them. And one job that he said Nick Sirianni has done a better job of is who's going to be the key to develop the quarterback, which I believe goes back to like that transition from Frank Reich and John Filippo to never finding that next guy. And he kept saying, we all wish... 2017, Carson would have continued to get better. We we all go back. You
0: know, are the front office could have did better to surround him? And you got to protect
1: yourself to
0: an extent as an owner. I I just again, I I just want closure. I I, yeah, this is like a bad bad breakup
1: for you, Lou. You just want closure. You're like, please just answer my last.
0: I just want like you know, in a a breakup, (laughs) there's like, look, I think we both did things that didn't work because I've always said too. When said a huge part in all of this. I just I want to hear the organization say too, not just it's not me, it's you. I want them to take some responsibility because they played a huge role in that plummet. And I, and I do think it's relevant now because I wish somebody would have asked about if he thinks there's a perception, you know, reputation problem with this team at quarterback. Nobody asked about it, but I, that's why I think it could be relevant because you know, quarterbacks chose other destinations and might not have even given the Eagles a shot at the table. And so I do think it's a timely question, but you know, it's definitely something we'll mostly just wonder what if, and it'll be talked about in Eagles lore for a long time, at least you until they find their next down guy. I am going to. I am 100% (laughs) going to write a book about Carson (laughs) Wentz. Gino, we'll get into, he had some interesting things to say about like process versus results that I want to get into coming up next because I thought it was interesting. Uh, Guys, today's Lockdown Eagles, first though, is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're going to need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. When you have computers with, Rock, um, with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, save time and money with Rock Auto. Don't spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. When Rock Auto, their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, especially with the prices of gas right now. Save as much money as you can right now on cars. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Head over to rockauto.com right now. See the parts available for your car or truck, and write down LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in their How Did You Hear About Us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of Locked on Eagles. I'm Louie DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri, recapping owner Jeffrey Lurie's first comments on oh. everything since uh, the 2000. And- twenty one off season, right after one of the worst years in franchise history in twenty twenty. A lot has happened. You know, he talked about Jalen Hurts, his growth, and you know, we discussed, you know, trying to, you know, read in between there what, you know, he meant and his belief in the quarterback, he talked about Wentz and Kelly green jerseys. Gino, he mentioned something like right off the bat because he was asked a question from Howard Eskin about Howie Roseman's contract extension and like how he thinks the front office is done in this rebuild so far. And he talked a lot about like process over results, right? How hard it is to be a consistent winner in the NFL and you know, the hit rate for draft picks in the NFL. And he talked about it a lot, how if you believe in the consistent process that you have, then that's more important. And I do agree with the importance of a, a process, right? I think when you have the right way to do things, more chances than not, you're going to hit more than you're going to miss. But I, I do think at the same time, like eventually results have to matter. And the results were great this year, but eventually they have to be more sustainable than they've been. And you can't keep turning over coaches and regimes, even if you believe that the front office has this right process. That process has to become more sustainable. But it was super interesting to hear him talk about that.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that when I take a 30,000-foot view at this franchise that I would have loved to have any insight into, and he kind of did get a, a little bit of the insight, how difficult it is to maintain that, I would just say, between guys getting hired away. I mean, in the middle of the process, guys like Brandon Brown and Ian Cunningham getting taken away from the front office and that's happened many times but the process is still in place yeah the results have to be there and he made a very clear point that this draft with those four picks in the top 51 is yeah. very important like you can't
0: miss a- on three of these four picks and say well the no.
1: process was good
0: like no is, it's i a think results he, driven he league. Back.
1: yeah but he also went into the fact that yeah then we have to take a step back was it a misevaluation? Mm-hmm. was it we just got too caught up in the emotion of it he was very realistic with like the decision-making process behind it all, which is very intriguing to somebody who wants to get into that area and be inside a building just to hear these type of discussions. And then he goes into breaking down Lane Johnson and Jordan Maialata being selected. And the one thing that really stuck out to me was how much they allow the position, position coaches, especially Jeff Stoutland, to have input on guys In this selection process, because we've heard countless things about the Eagles front office. It seems to be pretty open when it comes to opinions and guys giving a a chance to have their word heard. And look at Jeff Stoutland. He's gotten a couple guys. And I mean, that front office, you go back to the jj ortega white side pick it wasn't even DK that That they were interesting they weren't even choosing between dk it was paris campbell
0: how upsetting is that you know to know that like lurie talked today about the process with that because people thought lurie the question was how much say lurie has in personnel and he said he actually Mm -hmm. thinks his role has been reduced over the years but they asked about that well no he actually brought that up specifically which shows Mm -hmm. the eagles read for sure, because oh, there was yeah. that rumor that went around that giant athletic article last year. That was where the story came out that it was maybe Lurie that said j Jaw is the pick, whereas he actually said, "Well, no, it was actually a two to two tie. Him and Doug Peterson were on team j Jaw. Howie and Joe Douglas wanted Paris Campbell, but I'm like, I don't, I don't care about like why was that the decision? It should like the fact yeah. that DK Metcalf and Terry McCourin weren't in that debate. It was down to Arthego Whiteside and Campbell." is brutal to hear.
1: I I do look at it, though, and see what their rationale is. Like, if I can see what your argument is, and that's a big thing when you read scouting reports. Like, if you stick by what you mean and you back it up with evidence, like, I'll hear your opinion out. Yeah, the results might not be there, but getting back to what Jeffrey Lurie says in terms of the process. Like, I think they have a good process in place. Yes, the execution hasn't been there, Now you extend Roseman. It is tied to these draft picks. Like, there's no other way to say it. Like you said, Lou, if you miss on three out of the four, and in two years or three years down the road, like, you're not even willing to sign these guys or pick up their fifth-year option, yeah, it might be time for Howie to get out the door. But but Jeffrey Lurie also goes to mention, like he did, with saying that Jalen Hurts is a playoff quarterback, that they made the playoffs four out of the last five years. Putting a band aid on it all, like the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles. Yeah, and
0: again, do right like my 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 issue with when people say four out of five is like it's two different regimes, so you can't really. Yeah, I know. Use that as a defense of, for sustainability. I like, do like what he said
1: about Nick today, though. I thought he was very no, I, yeah, very I positive on Nick Sariani saying yeah. that he just gets it and was able to connect. Again, he, it's about like
0: it's not like there's times where the process isn't good it's just the, again, it's the sustainability, the consistency part. Can you stay disciplined in that process? And because there's been times that the process is very different, Gino, like a lot of the time early on in those, you know, beginning years with Howie and Doug and Joe Douglas, it was about like college production. And then Mm -hmm. in 2020, it was very different. It was more about like roles, like Jalen Rager, we need speed. We want a new Nick Foles with Jalen Hurts. And, you know, we want upside. And then 2021, that felt like there was more of a balance. It's like, now can you sustain that strategy? Mm -hmm. Especially now when you have more picks, like it's more intriguing and you feel more daring to do stuff when you have more draft picks. So it's again, just the, can you sustain this? Because they have always been good at restarting things and starting fast and building something. It's again, like, can you make this last for as long as it was in the early 2000s? Because you have not had sustained success like that with one regime, because I don't count Howie and Lurie as one regime. It's got to be two, a head coach, a quarterback. They haven't done that since McNabb and Reed. You're right. I mean,
1: you can't argue that. And that's the billion-dollar owner question, right? Like, how long do you hold on to that person that's the decision-maker below you? And I think our franchise, out of any franchise in the four major sports, has seen something that not many others have, where you've had a guy go through multiple head coaches in multiple decades, in bad seasons, in history, worst seasons for the franchise, and then the history's best season in the Super Bowl. And now we're finding, like, where is it going to level off? And like we want to find out with prospects, I want to see, is this third evolution, like this Charizard evolution, is he a Charizard or is he just like a mudkip? Like, that's what we need to figure out with Howie Roseman. Like, does he just get lucky, or can this guy actually do his job? And Jeffrey Lurie, yeah. when he talked about the state of the roster, he didn't seem super gung-ho with, like, where they stand. He knows that they have to get better. And I believe the issues with the accountability, and you said that they read. They
0: definitely do see these articles. Yeah, he brought it up in very He's like, self-aware. Yeah, he's like I know people, you know, have said that I was the guy that picked JJ. He brought that up himself. Yeah. Like, oh, so they're they're listening to what we say. Well, let's hope a guy as intelligent as Jeffrey Lurie
1: can take his own words, can look himself in the mirror, and really be the most accountable player and individual player. Yeah, can imagine Jeffrey Lurie suiting up, be the most accountable individual in that building. Because when you see bad franchises, i.e., the Washington Commanders. Look at where it starts. It starts from the top down. We should be lucky that we have an owner in Jeffrey Lurie that does let you peek through the curtain at stuff like this. But let's just hope that the things he said today don't lead to another round of bad things occurring. And accountability has to kick in if things don't go right. right.
0: Yeah, and that's all I'm saying, too, is just like, you know, there has to be results and there has to be accountability and it's Mm got to be for everybody. There can't be a different kind of accountability for Howie versus the coach and and for Lurie himself, too, because he is involved in things. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. And that's how you're going to sustain success. Uh, Gino will continue to get into all of this and more all throughout the week, we have another show tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. We'll get back into some draft talk tomorrow. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get the show. Subscribe on our YouTube channel as well, Locked on Eagles on YouTube, and hit us up on Twitter. Talking birds all throughout the day, writing on Fox 43. Guys, a ton of Eagles content for you right here on Lockdown Eagles. Follow us on Twitter, at LockdownBirds, at GC24 underscore football, and at L O E. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Now, make sure your second listen is the NFL Draft Podcast with the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast with Ryan Tracy and former NFL corner Eric Crocker. They bring the draft to life every day, Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your shows. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DBIACI signing off. as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening and watching. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly. Crack out those Kelly green jerseys.